The overwhelming anxiety and stress caused by debt is real, but you don't have to go through it alone. Freedom Debt Solutions is here to help. With more than 400 debt experts standing by, Freedom Debt Solutions could help you get rid of expensive debt with one low affordable monthly program payment. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card or personal loan debt, find out how you can talk to a Freedom Debt Solutions expert today. Go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash help. That's freedomdebtsolutions.com slash help. This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. With all the stress, anxiety, and really pain of COVID-19 that people are experiencing, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to speak to a man whose nickname is Dr. Pot. Uh, his name is, um, I don't even know his name. His name is Dr. Rob, and we're gonna spend some time with him right now. Uh, he uh, uh, is the owner and founder of uh, Dr. Rob Farms out in the Palm Springs area, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Dr. Rob, tell us, is cannabis, because that's what we're talking about here, is cannabis something that Americans should in, embrace? I, I feel so. But first and foremost, Mark, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. Um, should, should Americans embrace cannabis? I mean, I would say so, but uh, I might be somewhat biased. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I always like to say is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a fairly benign medicine when it comes down to it. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. However, when it comes down to acute toxicity and things along those lines, not all that toxic. Um, you know, there's a term uh, called LD50, which stands for lethal dose for 50% of a sample population were to die from that lethal dose. And this is what a lot of researchers and scientists use to, uh, to determine the acute toxicity of, of certain compounds. Um, we know what the LD50 is for compounds like cyanide and arsenic. Um, they're, they're very low LD50s because those are very toxic compounds. But we also know what the LD50 is for water, for salt, for sugar, for things that we consume every single day. Um, you, can, you can die from drinking too much water. Uh, however, we don't really know what the LD50 is for cannabis. And I've heard some people uh, making estimates for the average person. It's around 150,000 grams, which is more than my body weight. So first of all, congratulations if you can consume more than my body weight in cannabis. But It's like time, 300 pounds, you said. Almost it's, 300. Yeah, it's over like 300 pounds or so. Um, and so it's, it's one of those uh, things where it's, it's not, you're not really going to have a, a acute toxicity. Um, now, there are issues with chronic use and, and, and things along those lines. However, for your average person, it is a fairly benign medicine, and it's something that because you don't have that acute toxicity, you're not going to overdose, and you can explore it a little bit. Um, and one of the great things about a lot of these cannabis cultivars in these times with COVID-19 is uh, a lot of them provide some, some very strong anti-anxiety properties. Right. Uh, you, you've... Call, called cannabis a medicine. Is it a medicine or a supplement? And the reason I ask that mm-hmm. is because here at Late Night Health, we believe that it should be a supplement and regulated that way. If it's a medicine, uh, Big Pharma is going to say, move over, Dr. Rob, you can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a very complex issue because oftentimes with medicines, you know, I'm, I'm talking something like aspirin, you know, there's one active ingredient in aspirin. You know, there are, you know, 113 known cannabinoids in, t- in, in cannabis, 
Uh, the University of British Columbia relatively recently discovered another 21, and, and a couple months ago we discovered, um, you know, THCP and CBDP. Um, so there's a lot of active ingredients in it. And on top of that, the terpenes themselves also have medicinal value. Um, and beyond that, there are the flavonoids. You know, flavonoid one and flavonoid two was just were just recently discovered, and these actually might be the parts of the cannabis, the, the secondary metabolites in cannabis that actually do provide these anti-tumor properties. Um, you, know, you know, the way I see it too is CBD, um, it binds, it's a partial agonist to the serotonin receptor. Um, and so, you know, serotonin is that good, you know, the feel good, uh, they, they call it the happy hormone, things like right. that. Um, you know, and, and, and so something that is uh, causing, you know, and reducing anxiety uh, uh, you know, through the CBD consumption, I, I would say, I would call that a medicine. However, at the same time, because it's so complex and all the things that it can do, it's, it's very difficult to really pinpoint what it does do. Um, luckily, once again, the acute toxicity seems to be relatively absent with cannabis. And so people can go out and explore and help and, and see what it can do for them. How did you get involved and interested in cannabis? We should point out that you have a doctorate Basically, well, I'm not a real, yeah. According to my mother-in-law, my my doctorate is not a real doctorate. Um, I have a PhD, and uh, from and one time, my my mother-in-law and my wife and I were driving along in a car. My mother-in-law mentions that she's like, you know, I wish we had a doctor in the family. My wife's like, well, Robbie's a doctor. He's like, oh no, no, I mean a real doctor. Yeah. So I don't have a <laughs> medical doctorate, but I have a PhD in plant biology with an emphasis in environmental horticulture and a specific expertise in hydroponic crop optimization. Uh, and cut flower production and controlled environment agriculture from UC Davis, which I'm very proud to say UC Davis, this is the Cal Aggies right here. Uh, UC Davis was recently voted the number one plant science school on the planet by US News World Report, number two for ag sciences. And so, you know, I was technically trained by one of the top universities on the planet to grow crops, cut flower production, which that's all cannabis is, is cut flower production um, in controlled environment agriculture. And, you know, Basically, if you're not growing outdoors, you're growing in controlled environments. And uh, so my expertise really is, is, is optimization for, for growing. And so I've always been a big fan and big proponent of pushing for um, you know, clean medicine, clean cannabis. Um, one of our mottos at Doc Rob Farms is good science, clean cannabis. And so everything we do is you know, evidence-based decision-making, using science to, to really uh, guide us and how we grow the, the crop and so um you know and one yeah, of the I'm, things i'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but i want to make sure that the crop that you're growing is non-gmo as well yeah so there are no genetic modif modified uh, uh cannabis crops right now um now you might be it. talking to the wrong person about gmos because i'm a scientist and right. you know you know gmos are you know, using transgenes and GMOs, that's, that's one thing. Now, now, cannabis is genetically modified, but it's used conventional breeding techniques. So there aren't, um, you know, we aren't, we aren't inserting transgenes in cannabis right now. Right. Or anything like Roundup into the nucleus of those DNA. Yeah, exactly. And transgene uh, would also account for something like that. And, you know, I don't think that's the way to, to go down the path. This is a, a fairly holistic, uh, uh, you know, crop in my opinion you can you can get away with quite a bit without having to you know resort to those types of uh, uh and i actually don't really agree with that type of uh thinking for for a lot of the crops that we consume um but you know once again you know there's a lot of science out there that shows that 
GMOs as a whole aren't really terrible. I mean, we've all been eating it. So that's a really big science experiment. Yes. But at the same time. Since like 1997. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't tell us. Exactly right. Now, having said that, you know, I want to see the science. I want to see the evidence that proves that it is safe. Um, and so, you know, we never really did that. We just kind of started doing it. And we haven't seen really too many things that we can save with, you know, statistical uh, uh, analysis and, you know, say there's a significant increase in, you know, said symptom because of transgene consumption or GMO consumption. But uh, at the same time, cannabis doesn't have that available right now. And I don't think it will in any time soon anyway. Um, cannabis is is one of the, the, the crops, you know, people who appreciate cannabis are not appreciative of that type of uh, um, uh, work with uh, with uh, crops in general. And I don't think it's necessary in any way, at least at this point, uh, you can grow some very, very high quality product using conventional methods. And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm and and to keep everything clean. And at the yeah. same time, uh, provide a, a, a healthy product. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about your background uh, further. Um, the uh, we grew up blocks away from each other. It turns out yeah. a few years apart, yeah. but uh, in the San Fernando Valley. And I guess you were an outdoor guy. You like to hike and things like that. Is that how you got into the the plant world? The the reason why I got into the plant world is twofold. Is one of them is for you know name is, is for my grandfather. Um, my my mom's dad. Uh, he was born and raised in the island of Malta in the Mediterranean Sea. So I'm 50% Maltese. Um, and, uh, and when he came to the United States, you know, Malta is literally just this dry rock in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. And so um, there's not a lot of area for doing, uh, um, you know, farming. And so a lot of people had to just grow their own food. And so when my grandfather uh, moved to the United States, he eventually settled in the LA. Well, it's funny because he actually settled in Detroit first. And then when he, during World War II, he was able to, he stationed in Los Angeles for just a quick second. And he's like, what am I doing in Detroit? You know, I mean, <laughs> LA reminds me of Malta. So he, he you know, moved the family to, to Los Angeles and eventually settled in Vista, just north of San Diego. And, you know, for the entire time, he always grew his own crops and he always, he always raised, uh, you know, animals and things like that. And so I was always very intrigued. You know, I, I emulated this man. I was, you know, I, I wanted to be like him. And so I, you know, I would always follow him everywhere he went. Um, you know, when he was tending to his plants and his animals, I would help him along. And so, uh, you know, when I got into, you know, when I was in high school, I very quickly realized that biology is where I'm going to be ending up in my career. Um, and I was always thinking like, okay, well maybe, you know, exercise biology, animal biology, something along those lines. Uh, but then it was when I was at UC Davis and the reason why I was at UC Davis, I was recruited to play football there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I remember very distinctly, someone, I think it was my, I believe it was Excuse my me, I just have, I have to say, I have to say, can you imagine folks having a world-class wine study place and the mm -hmm. football players at the same time? I don't know if they <laughs> use, anyway, I just popped in. And, and not just wine, but beer too. I mean, oh, the, beer too. I forgot about I that. Mean, it's it's the, one of the top brewing schools. It, it is the top wine school in, on the planet as well. And one of the top brewing schools in general. Um, and in all honesty, the, right now, UC Davis is moving forward on uh, cannabis research as well. So hopefully soon the uh, top cannabis school in the world. Um, they definitely have the brain power to do it. So cannabis right. is just another plant is how we see it. So, in, and what about your family when 
they realize that you were, you know, you're, you're helping to grow pot. And yeah. at a time when it was illegal. And in some cases, it still could be illegal. Yeah, you know, my, my family's always been very supportive. You know, they, they, you know, I'm an academic, I'm a scientist. And if you ask, ask an academic about cannabis, so I guess it's just another plant. It's not a big deal. And my family sees it the same way. Um, you know, my, when I first launched Doc Rob Farms and I was rolling joints um, for, for our, one of our products, my mother-in-law actually helped me <laughs> with, with said uh, rolling of joints. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, my, this is very closely related to my family because when I was, uh, you know, when I first got in the cannabis industry, I was working as production director at Spark in San Francisco. And I remember very distinctly receiving a phone call. Um, and this was many moons ago now, but I remember receiving a phone call from my mom and she was letting me know that she was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Now, luckily they caught it very early. She is currently cancer free. Um, but you know, she had to go through all the chemo and radiation, had two bouts of uh, surgery to remove tumors. And I was in the dry cure space at Spark, literally surrounded by a ton of weed. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this stuff that I had grown, and I, you know, my mom went to college in the 60s, was invited to a pot party. Literally, I'm not even joking. She thought she was going to a Tupperware showing party. That's what um, I'm So she's very, very naive when it comes to <laughs> cannabis. However, you know, I said, Mom, I'll give you some access to some product for you that I knew was clean because I had grown it. I wasn't putting plant growth regulators on it. I wasn't putting any pesticides on it. You know, cannabis, unfortunately, is very susceptible to uh, fungal infections. And uh, there's this one fungal, uh, it's a, a systemic fungicide called mycobutanol. And so it's actually inside the tissue of the plant. It's very effective, but it's also, when you heat it up, it releases hydrogen cyanide. And so I was seeing a lot of people um, back then who were, you know, were growing illegally, but they were using this. And, you know, I'd say, hey, you can't use this, um, this product on the medicine. You're turning this medicine into poison. And I would either hear like, oh, okay, well, what can I do? Or I would hear people say like, oh, I don't care, which kind of blew my mind. And so I'm thinking to myself, yeah, mom, I can get you some product. I got some clean stuff here that I've grown. I know it's clean. And she's like, that's perfectly fine, but I don't want to smoke. I don't want to vaporize. I only want edibles. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, everything that I've grown that I know is clean is meant for smokable or vapable. So that means I'm going to have to go source an edible. And I'm thinking to myself, am I about to poison my mom? And that was really the, <laughs> kind of the, the birth, the, the, the light bulb moment for Doc Rob Farms. I have, I have this technical training and quite a bit of experience in growing cannabis on a large scale and optimizing it. And so that was, that was really my, my kind of, uh, you know, let's do this. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I received a, uh, a petition mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, about a quarter of an inch, actually probably over an inch thick mm-hmm. uh, here in the Southern California where I live. And it was, it's a petition saying we want to cultivate or grow, mm-hmm. sell and process cannabis in the county. Mm-hmm. And uh, where I live in Ventura County is a, an agricultural area, great strawberries and Oxnard, uh, 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 you know, lettuce, uh, radishes, everything. And uh, we have uh, some tomato plants out that way. And we're going to be planting those later today or tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. My point is we are an agricultural area. And it would seem to me to me that this would be a great crop because we have the land and we have the expertise in, mm-hmm. in, in growing a variety of things, including a lot of hydroponic areas yeah. in Ventura County. Yeah. So the, the, the thought is, is 
growing marijuana, cannabis, legal, any place at this point, truly 100% legal. Yeah, I mean, during this time of COVID-19, the state of California says that cannabis businesses are essential businesses. Um, there are people who need cannabis. There are people who are dealing with, uh, you know, with cancer treatments and cannabis is what's helping them get through it. And, uh, you know, growing in Ventura County is a, is a great option, in my opinion. Um, there are going to be microclimates you want to avoid. And, you know, some, uh, you know, cannabis is, does not like uh, a lot of humidity. So, you know, sometimes the, the morning fog that's coming through and the June gloom and whatnot that comes through might be uh, a little bit detrimental. But this is a plant that likes a lot of light. Um, it likes a, a rich soil and deep soil. They call it weed for a reason because it does because it can grow like a weed, but for really high quality products, it does require a good amount of attention. And so, um, you know, controlled environment agriculture, which I is my you know my love, is because I I'm a scientist and I like to tinker and things like that. Is a great way to do it. So greenhouses, which are found you know widely in Ventura County, are, are a great place to do it. Um, but you know, outdoor production is fantastic as well. There's a reason why you know the Emerald Triangle exists, and outdoor production in Humboldt and Trinity and Emerald and and, uh, and Mendocino County are, are so pervasive. It's other, other than they're so it was so remote for so long, but right. you know, it's, it's also a, a very good place to grow. So got it. The, the, essentially, California is great in general for for production for cannabis, just because of the amount of sunlight we get. What kind of products can be made from this? I mean, we've talked about you know a joint. We've talked mm -hmm. about uh, an edible. I told you the other day about my story uh, about eating a, a chocolate brownie. I felt like somebody had mowed grass. We may hear that happening uh, in my yard in a, in a minute, not yeah. pot grass, but grass grass with the gardeners. Yeah. My point is that it, it was icky to me. Um, I don't think they really knew what they were doing. And, um, and they forgot to tell me that there was cannabis in it which was a big no-no i'm i'm a big proponent I, I'm, I'm actually i'm i say i'm very much against people being medicated unless they know they're being medicated yeah um that that's that's a definitely a big no-no i very much agree with you but there i mean there are a lot of products one thing i definitely want to say is uh uh you know we've all heard the terms like joint and, and spliff and blunt and those are actually different things um, a joint is just, uh, you know, just ground up cannabis and it usually can be in a hemp paper or some type of paper. So it's pure, it's all cannabis that you're smoking. A spliff is the same thing as a joint. However, you also grind up tobacco with the cannabis. And a blunt is a ground up cannabis and usually in a tobacco cigar wrapping. And so those are th different things. But, you know, beyond that, there are many ways to consume. Um, you know, vaporizing, you can actually vaporize the, the flour straight up. Um, and it's just, you know, instead of combusting it, you're just heating up and the, the cannabinoids and terpenes are volatizing off and you consume that. So, uh, you know, a lot of people see that as a, a safer way to consume uh, uh, cannabis as opposed to combusting. But, uh, um, you know, outside of that too, you can take a, a sublingual, you know, you can have an eyedropper and, you know, drop some, some activated cannabinoids, um, you know, onto the bottom, you know, underneath your tongue and and the, the cannabinoids actually can be absorbed through the mucous membrane inside your mouth. Um, wow. But also, you know, you can eat it. You can have an edible, like you had mentioned with that brownie. Um, now, edibles are a little bit different when you consume an edible because then it gets, uh, it gets uh, processed through your liver. And so that Delta-9 THC becomes, the, I mean, I believe it's Delta-11. I have to double check the Delta-11 THC, which then binds 
to your, um, you know, your CB1 receptor a little bit differently, but also has a, a higher permeability across that blood-brain barrier. And so there are things that are different about it, but once again, you know, there's that acute toxicity is not really there, so there's many ways to consume. I mean, people with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, which is basically inflammation, inflammatory disease, uh, can, can rub, you know, lotions on their hands, and they see great relief because cannabis is such a strong anti-inflammatory. So there are many ways to consume, and I know this may sound a little bit weird, but I, I, I truly believe that one of the best ways for anti-cancer uh, properties is actually a suppository. Um, and I, that may sound weird, but the reason why is because you can have a tremendous, for, for the anti-cancer properties, you tend to have to have a lot, and you don't want to process through the liver. And so actual suppository is, is usually the best way to go. And are you manufacturing those? Or will We're you? not manufacturing suppositories. We know a group who does, and they, I mean, they, they, I think it's a, a very good way to do it for, for a lot of cancer patients as well. And, and what about for preventive uh, measures for cancer? So we have seen some studies that show that cannabis uh, can help prevent it. Um, and it, may, it might be more of a function of those who do get cancer early on. Um, you know, the consumption of, of, of cannabis is helping eliminate it very early on before it's even detected. Uh, now, once again, I will, I'm a scientist. I will always say we need more research. You know, these, there are a lot of claims, a lot of anecdotal evidence that we see. Um, but anecdotal evidence is fine and dandy, and it usually will lead to research projects. But it's not something we can say, like I can say with 95% confidence that, you know, this leads to that. But, you know, without a doubt, you know, we do know that uh, cannabinoids um, and the terpenes oftentimes are very strong anti-inflammatories, but also strong antioxidants. Um, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we see that uh, anti-inflammatories and antioxidants tend to be good for preventing a lot of other diseases. So why not this? We just have to do the science to prove it. Got it. Uh where where are Do, where is Dr. Rob's where is the Dr. Rob Farms going? What what do you want to see happen with it? So Dr. Rob Farms, what we do at Dr. Rob Farms is you know a couple things. Obviously, we provide products to the community, and so there's that front facing side of uh, you know these are Dr. Rob Farms products. These are you know products that were grown you know using science and and you know evidence based decision making, but also keep in mind that and the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm sincerely very passionate about helping people. I mean, my mom uh, is one of the big proponents of the reason why I did this, but also my, you know, my grandfather too, my, on my, my mom's side, you know, he actually died from brain cancer and he never had the opportunity to, to, uh, you know, use cannabis to help him get through that. And so it's, you know, it's, I'm very passionate about the, the, that side of the things, but also one of the other things that we do at Doc Rob Farms is, we grow uh, the cannabis ourselves. And so there are a lot of uh, brands uh, that, you know, they, they outsource where they grow it from. But, uh, you know, this is my passion. This is my wheelhouse. This is what I love to do. And so we grow it ourselves. We also grow it for other people and we help people out and, and consult. And I'm a big proponent of it. Together, everyone achieves more mentality and, you know, lift everyone up together and make sure that uh, uh, cannabis is available um, for, for as many people as possible. I, I truly believe that that uh, this world will be a better place if more people consume cannabis. Now, I'm not saying that cannabis is for everyone, <laughs> but for those that cannabis it is for, I don't want them to have that, you know, the the you know the the reefer madness propaganda in the back of their head telling them, no, we can't, we shouldn't be consuming this because it's bad or it's evil or you know the devil's lettuce or jazz cabbage or whatever people want to call it. 
Um, just or a gateway drug, we talk, you know, gateway um, drug. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, if you notice, I don't use the term marijuana. I use the term cannabis. First of all, cannabis is the scientific term for it, but marijuana was a, a term that was used to weaponize cannabis and to, to make uh, people in America feel as though it's, you know, coming from Mexico and using, basing off of racism to try to make it sound evil, which to me is tr fundamentally offensive. Um, but at the same Absolutely. time, I, it's that, and that started in the 30s because up until the 1930s, yeah. marijuana, cannabis was, it, it wasn't widely used, but it was used. Hemp was grown. Yeah. Um, you know, and today, uh, you know, hemp, hemp hearts, and, you know, people use hemp hearts yeah. uh, as part of their diet because of the anti inflammatory uh, part of, of, of the hemp plant. It, it just, it makes no sense to me to say, I know you're dying. I know you have pain. No, you can't have this, even though we know it'll help. Yeah, it's just mind blowing, you know? And, and so education is a huge part of what we do. Um, you know, uh, you know, scientia potentia est, right? Knowledge is power. And, you know, the best way to educate and to help people is to provide knowledge and you know, I'm not saying I have the answers for everything and I think anyone who's making that claim is fooling themselves lying to themselves or maybe you don't know what you don't know so they just don't know um, but you know I will always say that uh, uh, you know I, I do happen to have a good amount of knowledge around the plant and I'm happy to share that and educate it and uh, but you know that's you know so scientia potentia it's 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 fundamental well you know this has been fascinating will you come back sometime We'll yeah, continue this. I it's hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dr. Rob's uh, uh, Dr. Rob Farms, and we've had the URL. You can visit the website. There's a lot of information there, and while a lot of it is for the industry, a lot of it is also for consumers. And I think you should take a look at it uh, from that standpoint to learn about cannabis, what it can do. Uh, also, do you do a deal in CBD as well? I didn't even ask about that. Yeah, we have a, a microdosing uh, a CBD tablet called Mom's Formula. It's named after my mom. Um, but you know, we we're very much focused on on the growing side of it as well, and and growing the the, the good quality CBD uh, cultivars. I, I said cultivar, not strain. And there's a reason why. It's because strains are actually meant for fungi, bacteria, and viruses. Cultivar is short for cultivated variety, and that's what we use for plants. So, sorry, I'm a nerd. That, but, was, um, that yeah. was botany 101, everybody. Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> and so there are a lot of great uh, CBD cultivars that we, we focus on as well, but that's, that's where we like to get into the marketplace. Uh, uh, real quick question. A lot of uh, CBD products claiming to help with sleep, anxiety, uh, and pain relief, mm -hmm. but they, the dose is 25 milligrams. Is that enough? Have you... I mean, it really, it really depends on one's uh, tolerance. Um, you know, I usually like to say if you want to do microdosing, you start off around two and a half milligrams, but five milligrams usually is the floor that you start off at um, and, uh, you know, move up from there. Uh, I, I know people who consume thousands of milligrams of CBD on a daily basis and partly because their, their tolerance is so high, but at the same time, they're using it to treat uh, cancer. Um, and when you're using, you know, you really want to use this whole plant extraction. You're not just using CBD as an isolate. Although there is benefits to that as well, but you get significantly more benefits if you're taking it in this what's called entourage or ensemble effect with all the other cannabinoids and terpenes. But yeah. Got it. Well, we will return sometime soon. 
with Dr. Pot, Dr. Rob Flannery. See, I didn't know his name. Thank and um, uh, I enjoyed uh, our conversation. Thank you very much for joining us here on Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. This is Late Night Health. Join us at latenighthealth.com for more. We'll be back very soon. Bye-bye for now. Attention anyone looking for hand sanitizer. Sanitizing your hands and surfaces is one of the best ways to fight COVID-19. The FDA recently published new guidelines for the production of hand sanitizer during this public health emergency. Most commonly used hand sanitizers are not compliant. Here's the good news. You can now get the hand sanitizer you're looking for that meets FDA guidelines to fight COVID-19. Introducing Halo CV, one of the first hand sanitizers available in the U.S. that's formulated specifically for COVID-19 and meets both FDA FDA and CDC guidelines. Get yours now at halocv.com. That's H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Halo CV can be used on all surfaces, such as countertops, doorknobs, and shopping carts, in addition to your hands. Made in the USA, Halo CV is formulated specifically for COVID-19. Be safe, stay home, and sanitize your hands and surfaces with Halo CV. Go to halocv.com, and we'll rush your order to you today. That's halocv.com. H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Go to halocv.com. Dot com.